Hello, listeners, and thanks for tuning in. We're here with Tula founder Eric Peterson for another podcast episode all about the work we do here at the Hackeye Institute on the coast of British Columbia. Stay tuned for more episodes coming straight to your inbox or download the podcast and listen on your way to work. Once again, here is Eric's podcast. When we started on the Central Coast, I had no interest in archaeology. Archaeology was a problem for me, interfering with my need to modernize the Calvert facility to get programs going in science, something that would add stress to an already stressful relationship with the First Nations. Fortunately, I got good early advice from veteran archaeologists, and I decided to make the best use of the hand that had been dealt us. And hasn't it worked out well? We started in 2010 with a study of the Hakai property conducted by Jim Stafford, Elroy White, and Patrick Johnson. The study team also assessed other nearby sites in Quakshua Channel. The prevailing wisdom was that Namu had been the only bona fide village on the central coast, that sites around Calvert were merely places people had visited in summer to gather resources like shellfish and seaweed. But I was hearing otherwise from our team of archaeologists hearing that we had very significant sites right on our doorstep. I recall in particular their excited return from a visit to a site just around the corner in May Inlet. The same site, EJTA4, where a few years later we would find the 13,000-year-old human footprints. Jim and Elroy peppered me with suggestions, told me about the fantastic work being done on Haida Gwaii under the Parks Canada program led by Daryl Fedgie. I sought out academic collaborators to help get an archaeology program going at Calvert, in vain initially. But by the end of that first summer, Elroy returned to Calvert with his friend Farid Rahamtulla from the University of Northern BC. Farid offered to hold a field school the next summer to begin excavation of the EJTA4 site. We were finally underway. The next summer, 2011, Farid arrived with his students. The TAs for the course were Jim Stafford and John Maxwell. Farad soon declared that EJTA4 looked like, quote, another NAMU, which sounded then like a bold statement. Jim and John spent their free time during the course scouting out additional sites. It was obvious that there was too much scope to be trusted to students in field schools alone. It deserved a professional approach, a program like Daryl Fedgie's program on Haida Gwaii. I'd exchange emails with Daryl, but we'd never met. Circumstances now gave me a golden opportunity to meet Daryl and see his program firsthand. Daryl was then working at a remote field site on the southern tip of Haida Gwaii. Daryl's wife and daughter, then visiting Farad's field school, needed transportation to join Daryl. I volunteered to take them the 200 kilometers or so across the ocean in my boat, the Hakai Spirit. I had a great visit with Daryl. He told me to proceed as follows. Recruit Duncan McLaren to lead the archaeology team. Duncan was a consulting archaeologist with his own business in Victoria. A young Daryl Fedgie, we called him. We later sponsored a half-time appointment for Duncan at UVic to give him access to university resources, the Quentin Mackey Laboratory in particular. Daryl also told me to recruit Ian Walker. Ian would use LIDAR to sort out the sea level history and the glacial history. Ian was then on faculty in the geography department at UVic. Duncan and Ian recruited their teams over the winter. By the summer of 2012, we had a major effort underway. 
Farad was in his second season at EJTA4. The new teams were doing inventory and exploration. Ironically, at the end of that season, Parks Canada canceled Daryl's Haida Gwaii program. Daryl joined our Calvert program and launched a second program based on Quadra Island. We now have the Dream Team, a packed lineup filled with all-stars. The Calvert and Quadra programs both ran for five years. The results have been spectacular. The EJTA4 analysis, the ancient footprints, the site on Trickett Island more than 14,000 years old. Nothing we've ever done at Hackeye has given us such profile. But those founding programs are now officially done. This coming season, we won't see archaeologists at Calvert or at Quadra. Does this mean the party's over for us, that Hackeye's glory days of archaeology are over? Just a fond memory. Absolutely not. When I started out, I expected only a modest archaeology program, based on Calvert, with narrow geographical scope. Really, I just wanted to get something going there in the way of science, at what was in those days a brand new field station, desperate for activity. At most, I thought our program might build off the definitive programs at NAMU and on Haida Gwaii. But our results have been so significant that we have become players in a larger narrative. It's not just whether there were early settlements in and around our locations, it is how we can best shed light on the big questions. Was the coastal route used for first settlement of the Americas? If so, can we find evidence for those first people? When they came, where they settled? Our priority used to be just select the place, i.e. near our Calvert or Quadra base, and find the nearby settlements. It is now, based on analysis and informed speculation, choose the most promising place on our coast to find evidence of very early settlement. So how do we translate that strategy into action? How do we choose the most promising places? We need to make some inspired guesses. First, we work on the assumption that the coastal migration model is correct. We know there were people in Chile and Florida by 14,500 years ago. Therefore, they had to be on the BC coast earlier than that. But how much earlier? Hundreds of years? Thousands of years? We just don't know. We found Trickett Island settlements 14,000 years old, which gives us some assurance that we are on the right track. But those dates are probably not early enough to get people the 12,000 kilometers to Chile in time for the dates we see there. So we speculate that there were people on the central coast much earlier than the Trickett dates. We've looked hard, but so far we haven't found the evidence. Maybe it's just not the best place to look. We know that in those early times there were large areas of the central coast that were later drowned by rising sea level. There was an open plain in what is now Hecate Strait between Haida Gwaii and the mainland. There was a large, low-lying island about 30 kilometers west of Trickett Island. Those now submerged lands would likely have been ice-free refugia earlier than Trickett. They therefore might have been the preferred areas for early settlement by our hypothetical first people. If so, any evidence of those first people would have been lost beneath the rising ocean. Is there a better place to look on today's BC coast for possible evidence of those very early people? We've decided to look at the north end of Vancouver Island, north of the Brooks Peninsula. This northwest coastline of Vancouver Island was ice-free prior to 18,000 years ago and had diverse flora and fauna. Global sea level was much lower then. 
There was a long, low-lying peninsula that extended more than 30 kilometers west from Cape Scott, encompassing what is now the Scott Islands. So, the north end of Vancouver Island would have been open for business very early and presumably attractive for any settlers who came at that time. Later, when the glaciers retreated, the peninsula west of Cape Scott was drowned by the rising ocean, so any settlements there have been lost. Not so for much of the existing coastline around Cape Scott and down the west side of the island past San Joseph Bay, Raft Cove, and Quatsino Sound. In that zone, it looks as though, as the weight of the ice melted, the land rebounded upward to more or less keep pace with the rising ocean. That means that much of the shoreline from 15,000 years ago may be accessible today. If you know our work around Calvert, you'll know the benefits a stable sea level history brings to archaeological discovery and analysis. So, to summarize, the north end of Vancouver Island was ready for human settlement very early, perhaps thousands of years earlier than the areas we've studied around Calvert and Quadra Islands. If there were settlements in those early times, they might not have been drowned by the rising ocean like sites elsewhere on the coast would have been. We have the usual suspects doing the work. Duncan McLaren, Daryl Fedgey, Jim Stafford, John Maxwell, and several new faces. They'll be using an array of techniques, LIDAR, sediment cores, local excavations, analysis of floral and faunal remains, environmental DNA. So what results do we expect from the North Vancouver Island work? Well, we'll have a lot of great historical ecology, great flora and fauna records, amazing sea level reconstruction of the area. We'll have lots of evidence of early settlement, particularly in resource-rich areas like Quatsino Sound and the Nimkish Valley, or the many karst caves in the region. And maybe, just maybe, we'll have some really, really early stuff from the northern tip. 15,000 years ago or earlier, bombshell results that would provide definitive evidence for the coastal hypothesis. So, stay tuned for more amazing archaeological discoveries over the next few years.